This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here with Jeremy Thomas. We're continuing the conversation. Jeremy, I thought uh, what I would ask you as well, I know that we've heard some great things from you as far as, you know, just kind of tying in some of the history of jazz, you know, to your particular journey. And I'm wondering, since I've only been here for a couple of years, it would be really interesting to hear your thoughts on, and I know we were talking a little before the interview about how jazz has changed. You know, if you look back at baby boomers, baby boomers' experiences with that mm-hmm. and millennials, and maybe just kind of hear your thoughts maybe about where we've been, you know, where we are currently, and maybe where you think we're headed in terms of the OKC community and then jazz in general. I'm sorry if that's too much. But. Oh, no, I, I think that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... Um, uh, jazz music is a uh, it's 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 definitely an American original art form, and uh, uh, as a matter of fact, it's known as America's classical music is is jazz. So, uh, but I think you know in terms of baby boomers, you know, jazz back in the uh, if you take modern jazz like from the fifties, sixties, and and the seventies, um, modern jazz really was still pretty popular in the 50s and 60s when you had Thelonious Monk, Earl Gardner, and then you had Miles Davis, of course, on the scene, and later on, John Coltrane, Ornette, Ornette Coleman, and all those guys, Dexter Gordon. I mean, the list goes on and on. But also, it was like jazz was there. And, of course, the whole bebop era was with Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker and those guys, even Clifford Brown. And uh, but you know in the fifties you had the rise of rock and roll coming up, so you had rock and roll going up, and you had you know jazz was there, and then from the rock you know you you, you got uh, 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 well even outside of rock I should say then you had uh, funk coming up. You know James Brown was getting very popular in the early sixties, you know, but he started in the fifties, and so uh, <clears throat> that was the new pop music back then. But in the 60s, you know, jazz was still very prominent, and jazz was actually a big part of the whole civil rights movement in the 60s and stuff. And so that music really just, uh, it was still kind of always out in the forefront. And uh, But really in the 70s, um, things started to go a little more disco, and then you start seeing... Uh, uh, more electronic instruments starting to come into play. And so then, in terms of straight ahead, it was starting to fall off pretty big then, and then he had fusion music, which was a mixture of jazz and rock and funk and fusing it together, so they had the fusion. And so Miles really kind of pushed that movement when he came out with the album, uh, was it 70, 70 or 71, Bitches Brew, and then, oh, yeah. and then uh, Chick Corea uh, with Return to Forever. And so records like that, and Herbie Hancock comes out with Thrust. And, and so those type of records, it just brought in the fusion funk because in the 70s, that's when funk was just, I mean, it was the thing. So funk back then is like hip-hop today. So, hmm. But jazz was still always there. But the thing about it is, in terms of then compared to now, it's, it's just less popular because we've had other genres that were just birthed out as the decades went on. And, uh, and then really the 80s, I mean, the 80s was just, I call the 80s the big electronic movement. Everybody went synthesized. Everything, everything was synthesized. Oh, yeah. Even to the drums. You had electronic drums, <laughs> keyboards, pianos, everything was electronic. And uh, the only thing that still used instruments mainly back then was like 80s rock and roll, you know, the big hair. 
So he had 80s rock and 80s metal was really huge. And then he had the electronic movements and stuff like that, like Boy George and, you know, those guys. That was pretty big. And then professional wrestling. You know, those were like... <laughs> That's <laughs> <those> <laughs> So those were the big things, but, you know, it was funny because it was in an interview, I think, in 82, Miles Davis said, Jazz is dead, hmm. you know, but Miles Davis was one of those guys that he went where the trends were. He's just like, wait a minute. He's just like, how come we're not getting the same recognition? So he's like, okay, I'm going to kind of keep the jazz element, but we're going to do more fusion. And then, you know, in the 80s, he kind of did the smooth jazz, but he incorporated some of the electronic instruments and stuff like that. And so then time goes on in the 90s, uh, live instrumentation starts coming back into the flow. And uh, even in the 80s, it's like everybody was getting rid of their B3s. Hmm. You know, I mean, every like if you see hardly anybody doing live performance concerts in the 80s, they, you didn't see the B3 anymore. Hmm. You know, and my organ tech, Ted Carter, was telling me, man, you can find, in the 80s and 90s, man, you can find a, uh, just the flawless Hammond B3 and the Leslie speaker, uh, just, just, com- I mean, just slick for like 1500 Oh, <laughs> it's wow. like, what? Man. You know, because everybody was getting rid of like, oh, we're going to get a synthesizer, or we're going to get this new digital, you know, organ or whatnot, and so they did that, but now... Uh, Everything, you know, everything always just kind of cycles back. You know, nothing's really new on the oh, sun. <laughs> so it just cycles back. And, and uh, but now I think uh, in terms of uh, where jazz is headed, uh, I guess I should, I probably should have started by saying where jazz is in Oklahoma. But I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that. Uh, but I think where jazz is headed now, um, there's so many uh, jazz in itself is now a broad genre. And uh, when you just go up to the regular person or a layman and you ask them, well, you know, what is jazz? A lot of people still don't know what it is because it's so broad. You know, um, a lot of people think uh, neo-soul is jazz. Like uh, people like Erica Badu and Jill Scott, they'll, some people label that as jazz. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, like Kenny G. And, and you know, that's jazz. You know, and then you still got your people that'll say, you know, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, that's jazz. You know, because you got your smooth jazz, and you got your straight ahead jazz, you got your big band jazz, and then you got your acid jazz, and you got your fusion jazz, and you got your uh, uh, rock jazz, and you just got your uh, avant-garde jazz, classical, you know, fused stuff. So it's 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 just so broad. Oh yeah. But uh, you know, I think Duke Ellington. He, 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 he said it best way back in the 30s and when he said it just don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know that, that to me is like kind of the essence of jazz. But where it's headed now, um, uh, a lot of people are infusing jazz uh, back into like some popular music which is why I did the Thomas Street in the first place was kind of bringing back some of the, the jazz on top of the hip hop and it's just like you know so getting the people that are used to listening to hip hop pop and, and R&B music it's like just give them a little touch of jazz let's, let's give them a little bit of grease oh yeah <laughs> you know just give them a little bit of just give them some gravy on the steak <laughs> 
you know, kind of season it up a little bit. Just give you a little bit of meat on that bone. Oh, you yeah. Know, sub- give you some substance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you got guys out there like Robert Glasper who does that a lot. You know, just a killer piano player, you know. And uh, Robert would just play the piano, and he would have a DJ on stage. Just DJ just going, but he's like... Courting and playing solo piano, and Herbie really kind of started that hmm. that whole movement when he was getting into DJ Scratch when he came out with Rocket. Oh, was that like during the kind of the beginning of yeah, the MTV? Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. So, but Herbie he did that, and that was big in the hip hop community because hip hop was just fresh back in '84. I mean, that's when it was like starting to reach a pinnacle. Oh yeah, and. Uh, Herbie capitalized on that, but even in the 70s, he still did his funk fusion records and stuff like that. So, but Herbie was always known as being an innovator of bringing jazz into these other styles. Between Herbie and Miles, you know, they they did their thing. And even before Miles passed, there's a video, he did a hip-hop song back in 91, just months before he died. Hmm. And I remember that was the first time I seen Miles Davis as a kid was on this hip-hop video as a kid. I was like, oh, Oh, that was the first time you actually hit the kid. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's when I knew who Miles was. So I was like, wow. He's a trumpet player, just playing trumpet over over hip-hop. If Miles were still alive today, he'd have him a trap record out, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know. But Miles always just went with the time, so. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think, you know, so jazz is kind of going back there. And sometimes it's like you kind of have to bait the hook before you can catch the right fish. And we were talking about that when we were coming back up here from Dallas was that, you know, sometimes in order to bring them in the straight ahead, because the straight ahead is so deep that most people can't really comprehend what's going on. Oh, yeah. So if you just, you know, like the whole purpose of the Tom Street Jazz mixtape, that's why it's called a mixtape, is that we've mixed the hip-hop with the jazz. So it's like, you know, we'll just give you a little bit of your world, but we're going to kind of bring you over here, <laughs> you know. I love that. And I then it's that. like, once you cross this threshold... <laughs> Now we can probably take you on a journey that you may not have experienced. That's right. And there's no going back, right? Once oh, you, yeah. You know well, yeah. Once you're there, it's, it's, you'll know it. You know, It's like having a good steak. Yeah. You know, once you've had a good steak, now if you're vegan, it's like having the best broccoli <laughs> <laughs> or asparagus. <laughs> but it's like having that good food that just gives you substance and something you can hold on to. And so I think that's where it's kind of going. It's like you kind of have to bait them a little bit with what they know. Oh, yeah. Put the jazz on top and then bring them back around. And so, um, yeah, I think that's kind of where it's, 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 it's going in a nutshell. Oh, that's beautiful. And, that's, and as far as here in Oklahoma City, I don't know if you had any thoughts, you know, maybe just what you or even, you know, Oklahoma City and Tulsa, just kind of what your, you know, what your thoughts are yeah. about where things are and where they're headed. And, you know, and Oklahoma, you know, the thing about – Oklahoma City and Tulsa, just the whole state, is there's a lot of talented musicians here. A lot of gifted cats, a lot of great singers, I mean, a ton of great drummers and and bass players, uh, you know, keyboard players. There's a lot of musicians here. And for the scene, it's, you know, as opposed to how it was back in the 60s here, there were, the big difference was there was a lot of gifted musicians, but there were also a lot of places and venues for the musicians to play. So you could go back then in the in the day, uh, different places and, and, and jazz clubs and 
and uh, venues where you can see these jazz bands play and these blues bands play. And so when there's a lot of places to play all over the metro area, it gives the people options. Okay, you got this jazz band playing here in Edmond, and you got this one on the east side, and this one, you know, on the west side, and this one on the south side, Midwest City, and different areas to where people in that area doesn't have to drive 20, 30 minutes just to hear the music they want to hear. But it's right there in their community. And so today, we don't really have that anymore. You know, there's only a, just a handful of places where we can really play and really display that music. And because the people don't know about it, then they don't know it exists. And when they don't know it exists, it's dead to them because oh, yeah. it, it doesn't exist. And so for, for the jazz scene here, you know, if, if, if we really just develop more venues that will support the music and give the musicians a place to play then it gives people the option to come out and hear the music. And then I believe once they hear the music, then it gives them the choice to say, hey, I want to come back and check this out again. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's where the pressure falls on us as musicians. Like, okay, every time you play, and I say this to a lot of guys, like, man, we got to play really good because you never know. This may be their first time hearing jazz. Or oftentimes, because they don't know what it is, you know, most people would say, I think jazz is elevator music. That, I've oh, gotten yeah. that a lot. Oh, it's elevator music. Huh? Really? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's like, okay, never really heard that before, but uh, but that's just their interpretation because they just don't know. As opposed to you go to New York and you've got jazz clubs everywhere, or Chicago or somewhere, oh, yeah. and they have the options, and so it helps keep uh, it helps cultivate the city to the point where they become more eclectic in their hearing, more eclectic in you know diversity and people and different cultures. That's, like I said earlier, the music, it just brings the right music. It'll always bring people together. Oh, yeah. You know, and jazz definitely does that. And jazz, you know, pretty much always do that because of where it comes from and, and, and you know, definitely how you play it. Well, really any music will, but especially jazz. You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I was, in fact, I was reading an article as I was going back and kind of just learning more about some of the venues, you know, the old the venues back in the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. or even back into the 50s even. And there was uh, the, the person who wrote the article, I guess they, they were interviewing someone and they were saying, you know, you have to be willing to, to go out and support this. You have to be willing to go out and listen. Mm-hmm. And I wonder maybe is that about jazz music in particular, if you're talking about straight ahead especially, is it something that you think people, you know, as you say, you know, you can bait the hook and kind of give them a little something to, so maybe they'll be willing to open their mind and, and, and try something that maybe they haven't been exposed to before. But in terms of once they, once they have experienced that, is it, is, is it something too about the willingness to listen and you know, for people to be willing to come out and, and really support live music? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think that kind of falls in live music in general. Um, you know, also one thing that kind of, and it, it also happened in the 80s or really 70s was when they started replacing live bands with DJs. Oh, yeah. And so a lot of that happened, and it still happens now, you know. And nothing against these. I got a lot of friends and homeboys that are DJs. Love y'all. <laughs> Shout out to all of you, you know. But you'll never, you'll never, I mean, you'll never get the same experience with a live band, you know, with a DJ. You just it just won't happen. Like if you go to a concert downtown and you want to go see your artist and they just have a DJ playing the track and they're singing to it, it's not going to be the same experience 
because it's the organicness of a human being sitting down at an instrument and playing the instrument and the sound is being admitted from the human through the instrument, from the instrument, through the instrument, through the amplifier, to the amp, to the sound system, hitting the auditory nerve of the human ear. That has a much more organic effect and authentic effect than just the DJ uh, just hitting a button and letting the record play and it just come out the sound system. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's just different because people kind of need to see a, a, a person playing a guitar, a person playing keyboard, drums, or B3, trumpet, and they're like, oh, that's that instrument, that's that sound, instead of everything being sampled, oh, and they yeah. don't necessarily know what it is. You know, it's almost like eating processed food all the time. It's like, okay, they say it's a burger, but what's really in there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so with live music, it's like you know what you're getting organically and authentically. It's like, okay, that's the drums, that's the bass, that's the key. And so with live music, uh, it's good for people to come out and see it and hear it. Now, where the pressure is, the pressure is really upon the bands because people will not go out and see something they don't enjoy. Hmm. And so if the bands aren't really playing at a level of excellence or a certain level of skill to where people say, wow, they're good enough, I do want to come see them and maybe check out other bands. So even with what we do, we realize we don't play good quality music just for ourselves but it helps represent everybody else to inspire people to go and check this band out and, and check that band out. You know, whether it's jazz or rock or, or, or blues or funk, you know, whatever they want to hear. Uh, live music is, is, is very detrimental in terms of support. And people, you know, when they hear good quality music, they'll want to come out and then they'll always tell their friends, oh man, why don't you come check this band out with me? They're playing here Friday nights so at such and such. Oh, yeah. You know. And so it just encourages people to come out and say, okay, yeah. And then from there, the whole scene will begin to build. So, you know, more venues, more bands, more bands. It gives people options. They come out here. Everybody plays great. People have their journey experience. And then it just happens again. Well, when are you playing next? And, oh, yeah. <laughs> this kind of builds on itself. Yeah. It just, it, it'll flow. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I know now with, you know, with all the different options, you know, you people, you can watch concerts on Netflix. I mean, there's mm -hmm. you know, streaming. There's so many different things. And then I think about how, you know, complex life has gotten and it's moving at such a fast pace. And I know even before I went uh, down to Saints uh, sessions this last Thursday, sometimes there's just that, you know, I've been working all day. I'm just, you know, I want, I really want to go do this, mm -hmm. but it's going to take a little effort to, to uh, you know, to get in that car and, 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 and drive and go do it. But once you're there, I know as soon as I got there, I was like, oh man, I'm so glad I just, you know, I got yeah. in that car and made that effort. And it really is worth that. It's like sometimes you just have to, be willing to do that and I know in today's life it's more complex and moving yeah. faster and, but it seems like if people can just you know they can see that it's really going to make a difference in their day and in their week and in exactly. their life yeah uh, exactly exactly and that's what it's there for you know just help uh, brighten up your day take you on that journey that's what it's all about. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been a, just a, I've been, I'm really thankful to have been able to sit here with you today and, yeah. and take that journey and, and learn more about you and, awesome. and your journey as well. So thank you so much, Jeremy. It's, well, it's, it's been you, an absolute man. pleasure. Yes, pleasure. Thank you. Part. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.